It's the Stranger Nerds here. We have Season 2, Chapter 4, Will the Wise. So, gentlemen, we have myself, Connor Vandermark, we have Mitchell Lee, Nick Izzo, and Tommy Grant here. And things are getting interesting. Uh, there is some escalation of our plot lines that we're seeing, and the ball is now rolling of this whole story that we're seeing in this second season. Uh, any intro thoughts on this episode, gentlemen? So, this is a, in my opinion, one more my one of my more favorite episodes, and how me and Mitchell have explained the scene this season definitely being the weaker of the seasons. It's weaker in the sense where it kind of goes up and down. It starts kind of a peak, then it drops down. This is where it peaks up again, and it holds it, and until. Another couple episodes, and that's me and Mitchell's definitely most hated episode. We'll get to that eventually. But this is definitely where things start picking up. And it's not a filler episode by any means. So I I definitely like this one. (laughs) So this is definitely one of the stronger points of the season. So I I hope you guys enjoyed it. No, I really liked it. I thought it it, it it was a very fun episode. And it was a lot of like... At least to me, like nice twists and turns. I'm like, oh, and like, like it, it definitely got some reactions out of me out of this one. And I have some things on my note here that I thought that really piqued my interest as this episode went through. Yep, I liked it because it I didn't have to see Nancy as much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess hey, that she wasn't in this one quite as we're much. We're going but I would... there. We're going there already. I'm tired of her. I'm on. I mean, I'm on the team. Yeah, of I get it. Just can we just not? She she's a no, bit of an just... annoying character, but she. But I will defend Nancy in the oh, fact that it, she does oh get shit God. done. She does get shit done. She's definitely trying to be proactive and not be shy and held back like she was in season one. Um. And you'll see her become a little bit more of a badass throughout the season, but I I can see why you don't like her as a character, but she definitely becomes a better character, a better version of herself. She's just in that awkward stage. It's just a love triangle aspect that really dampens her character in the show. Mm-hmm. Like, right, if, she, uh... if she wasn't tied down by Steve or Jonathan and actually thrived, like she'd probably be a much better character. Yeah, but yeah, sometimes pro- you are probably. a. Sometimes you are no argument for me. Uh, seen as the people who, who, yeah. Sometimes you are seen as the people who you associate with. So, yep. so um, you guys want to dive right into this? Let's dive on in because right. my first thought of this intro uh, scene was, "What the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> That's leave my notes. Some, just, I had similar reactions. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, because like uh, seeing that uh, that smoke, whatever that that thing is, go into Will was very. Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I want to say giving a rise, of rea- getting a, like a rise out of the audience isn't the right word I'm looking for, but like, um. Kind of like a spectacle in a way, where it's like everything's going inside of him. He's like suffocating. He's looks like he's convulsing in the field. It was very much a 
a very tight tension. Like there was palpable tension in that scene to me. So I, I'm glad you think that, Connor, because uh, I will side with what Mitchell said earlier on the show in saying that Noah Schnapp is definitely the weak link of the kid actors. And I, I have mixed feelings on this scene. It's a very cool scene, but I think it's the special effects that saved it. Mm-hmm. Because if you if you really watch that scene and focus on what Noah Schnapp is doing, he's standing perfectly still and just fluttering his eyes. Yep. Yes. And it's just, I yeah. felt like it was just such a weird, I don't know if he was trying to pretend to have a seizure, like if that's what he was trying to act like he was doing, or if he, or if he, maybe he was just directed to just simply stand there and flutter his eyes. I'm not quite sure. But if you take the special effects out of it and just look at him, that's all he's doing. And you see the camera movement. You barely see a single shot of him himself. He, they're just doing constant flash cut scenes, cut scenes to him because I think he's doing such a shitty job of acting like he's being attacked by a ghost monster. But that's, I, my, that's how I saw it. So I'm glad, I Connor, to say, you, you liked it. I have to say, uh, Connor and Nick, you will see this as it goes on. Uh, some of the kid actors start out really good and stay really good. Some of them get better as the seasons go on. And there's one or two that I think peak when they're younger and don't improve. And I don't want to give uh, things away. I will uh, get to more specifics when the time comes. Noah Schnapp is just one that was always bad as far as I'm concerned. And one of the biggest strengths of season one, in my opinion, is that while you hear a lot about Will Byers, you don't see a lot of Will Byers. You don't have Noah Schnapp really doing a lot of acting in season one. And I think that is a strength of the first season. And the second season, it's just kind of there. You, you realize Guy can't really act. And fortunately for him, he's in scenes with Winona Ryder a lot of the time, who's giving it her all and turning in great work. Speaking of Winona Ryder and uh, Joyce, to be specific, oh. We pick up immediately after the end of last episode, and we just see they were very specific in showing the speed limit sign on the street, and Joyce is just flying, flying down. No no regards to the kids in the street or on the side. She's just gunning it. And I feel, I feel like Joyce has practiced this route multiple times like she just goes out in the middle of the night and like mario karts it to see how fast can i get to school if there's an emergency because she pulled she pulled in too smoothly to have done this for the first time just like we didn't practice baby perfect execution because <laughs> I mean, of how she probably has Joyce her own time, parking I feel spot like she's at the school nothing. at this point it's that same tracks in the mud that she pulled up in <laughs> exactly that's what i'm saying she's it, done this before probably is. this is the pre pre-cut course Freaking but. running time trials. <laughs> that that's my thought exactly. But uh. it was just a funny scene, just seeing her fly down the street. And obviously, it's more supposed to be more of a serious scene to show urgency. But I just thought it was a funny scene. But going back to Will and the smoke monster, it was a very cool scene visually, and I think the visual effects team did a great job with it. Because watching it for the first time is a very emotionally intense scene. But when you have seen the whole show and know how poor of an actor Noah Schnapp is, it you, it's almost a little comical the next time you watch it. With the exception of the Shadow Monster, because it is pretty badass. But like 
Wilf, I like, thought, oh, no, go ahead. I, I thought that again, this is my first time ever seeing this, seeing this scene. Yeah. So, like, to me, like, director wise, I enjoyed it because of the fact that it really gave us concrete evidence that Will is living in between the worlds. Yes. And the fact that he isn't, like, I know it could be like a thing where. It, it could be a thing like, oh, he's not like, you know, he, he should be seizing. But to me, I'm I'm on the side that I think that him seizing would make it look weirder because of the fact that we we can see that he's being engulfed by or almost engulfed not even the right word. Like it's this this smoke monster is going inside of him and he's to me paralyzed. No, yeah, yeah, the eyes are fluttering, but like you see him, you know, you're to the everybody else is like, what the hell is he doing? He's just standing there. But on the flip side, he's going through such a traumatic event of someone possessing his body pretty much. And I thought it was I thought I I personally like the way And if that that's it what they were portrayed. going for, then yeah, he did a great job of just standing perfectly still and fluttering his eyelids. I just thought it looked silly. Sometimes like, you have to do that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's just like it's you get the flash of like him being attacked and then you go back to the flash of him just just standing still just like just barely moving his head i just I was like come on i was like you could like get a little bit more seizure action in there just like make it look like you're being thrashed around a little bit but a little bit more seizure action i don't think i've ever heard that one before i, I don't know how to describe it but just well, make it look just more intense around though it just would have been more special more effects at the same time yeah it it could have been a thing too with the special effects that if he was moving it wouldn't be as successful. And that that can be the reason why because when I was reading up on how they did it they actually built almost like a little train track for the camera around him and they had a green screen around him so they basically had the camera on a little cart and they just mm -hmm. simply rode around in a circle around him filming it. Which I thought was kind of a little cool way cool. how they felt how they film it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. But, but anyway, so we move on. So Will finally snaps out of it, and Joyce kind of walks him away, and the party's like kind of standing there in shock and kind of realizing like these episodes are getting worse, and they're just not they're not ready to disclose like what's actually going on to Max because Max is seeing this happen too. And she, she's kind of like the rest of the world where, like, they know there's something wrong with Will and he has these episodes. They don't know what's causing it, though. Whereas, you know, and she's kind of picking up, like, it's not just, like, a seizure. Like, there's something else going on. But I just thought I was waiting for someone to kind of just break and tell her exactly what was going on. Um which is definitely going to put strain on people like Lucas who are trying to become friends with Max. But it's definitely building up more tension, having Max around for all these things happening. And, no, uh, yeah. And then Will's starting to claim to like, not remember what's happening. And you start to question, like, is he still lying to his mom or are we starting to see this monster take a hold on him and actually block out what's going on? which I think would be a very cool thing for them to do because he definitely does look confused when he's talking to his mom, but 
I thought he was lying when he said he didn't remember. But and then we get the more of the Noah Schnapp bad acting, in my opinion, when Joyce finally gets through to him and he just gives that line of like, I felt it everywhere, everywhere. And I just I was thinking just like like uh, the just the delivery of the lines I just wasn't I don't think it was serious enough. It it just I couldn't take it seriously. And I think it's just because Mitchell got in my head about how bad Noah Schnapp is an actress. Now, every time I watch him, I'm just criticizing what he does. So well, thank one, you, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for doing that, first of all, because <laughs> I know that once someone tells you something like that, it can be a lot more noticeable. But yes. also, it's kind of hard to not notice because they did a tremendous job of finding kid actors. And yeah, just not not up to not up to par. But I'm sorry that I did that to you, man. That's on me. It's okay. I, it just it allows me to rewatch the show in a new light, and <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just I don't know. I, don't, I have nothing else to say on on Noah Schnapp. But if moment. we're if we're if we're talking about Noah Schnapp's character and his character arc, the whole thing with him, maybe maybe I'm getting ahead of myself with the whole like. Uh, he likes it cold or something like that when they just try to get him heated up. I did think that was interesting in that we've never seen Will kind of be occupied. That, so I will take back everything I said about Noah Schnapp because of those scenes. Because we definitely see him kind of give the ability of now he has to act possessed as well, like act in favor of the monster and not just this poor little kid. And I have to say that scene when Joyce was drawing him the bath and he's just standing like he likes it cold. I'm like, Oh shit. Like, I thought that ooh. was decent. I like, and, it was. It, I think that if you was, really want, if you really want to be on the Noah snap is bad train, wait a few seasons. But I think that this, that, that scene, good, good work. I bought that. I, I just like what, like as, as a parent now, if I like, I'm just like visualizing that scene now as a dad. Like, if my kid just said that to me one day, like, what the fuck did you just say? Like, <laughs> what would that be your official response? You're gonna have parents? those moments, Tommy. I, I swear, because like, if my kid, if Josie ever like sees something in the house or like just starts like looking at something or talking to something, I don't know how I will handle that scene. Other than just like, what the fuck are you doing? And like, handle that scene. Yes, that scene. Josie, if Josie I have comes a down the stairs, I I'm possessed. Tommy just goes cut. Hey, can, cut. Can, can You're fired. Get, get out. Can we get a more believable full <laughs> actress in here? I am going to go buy a bottle of holy water, splash it on you, and leave the house. <laughs> Maybe burn it down behind me. I don't know. Oof. I don't. I don't do things that I can't hit. And if my child's possessed, I can't hit my child, and I can't fight a demon, so that's my only action. But hopefully that never comes to that, but that whole scene with, no, with uh, Will just be like, no, yeah, he likes it cold. The I'm like, jo- jo- even the look on Joyce's face is like, what the fuck did you just say? I think it was more so, I know we're kind of jumping around here, but like, uh, the way he said, like, he emphasized he, though, was like, he likes it cold. I'm like, what? Did you just say he? Yes. What? Third person. 
And so, like uh, the way he the way he said it, it could you be want taken the demon as to two be ways. Female? It could be it could be Will simply being controlled by the monster, but the monster is talking as Will. Or it could be the monster saying he, as in Will, likes it cold. It can be seen as either two ways, the way it was said, in my opinion. To me, it was Will talking about the monster likes it cold. Yeah, that's how I that's how I took it as it was like because he but, but he almost had like a possessed type voice to him. That's why I was a little like unsure of yeah. who was who was speaking. Yeah. Who were they speaking? I, I, yeah, I guess yeah, I guess too. I can I can definitely see that. I personally um, thought it was the monster or whatever is controlling said monster. Because he just seemed way too possessed. At least to me. Yeah. And I, that, I think that was the whole point of the scene. Where there's there's kind of like, supposed like, hey, he's possessed, but we don't know how in control this monster is. But, I mean, that, that I definitely, feel- it's a big chunk of this episode is seeing Will kind of flip back and forth between regular Will and possessed Will. And even during that scene, we have a little, little flashback or flash across, I guess, if you will, to the science class where Mr. Clark is giving a lecture about um, the state of fear and they keep flashing back to Will. That I thought was a cool scene when they're talking about how like your body has natural fear re- you know, reactions to things that is danger and it's fear. And you see Will staring at a hot bathtub. And it's like it just alludes to everything. You're like, oh shit! Like something's going on with Will. And of course, we saw things with uh, Dart in the last episode. Who doesn't like the hot? Yeah, it's a good connection there. I, I yeah. once I'm, look, I'm looking at the show. Doc I now, prefer like, Phineas Gage. I didn't. I didn't make the connection with Dart. So it it makes you think. What's the connection between the little? dart and this big mind mind flayer type shadow monster are they the same species or what's controlled by what but there's definitely a similarity between the two which is definitely important to look at well with that like you can think of the environment they live in the first place no from what we've seen at the upside down it is very much a dark place that is to us, at least, at least to me, it feels like it does seem like a colder environment. No, not much sunlight, not much like, no, um, it is a radioactive area, but I'm saying like, like radiation from the sun, like no, or like irradiating eating as in like warmth coming from something. Um, so I can definitely see because they are entities of the same world, they both have that, no, they both adapted to the ecology that they were, uh, I guess, lived that they lived in. So, um, so moving forward on the Will storyline, so we get Hopper showing up at the house, and even he notices it's freezing in the house now. So Joyce, either Joyce or Will, one of the two has lowered the temperature in the house, probably to the point of freezing. And he's just walking around just without a shirt on, just chilling. And it's definitely Will is kind of controlling the house at this point. So I don't know if Joyce is I don't know if Joyce called Hopper over or how Hopper got there or why, but it was um 
because when Hopper, because Hopper had to do, do it at 11 because he was pissed at her. Yep. And then that morning, he, he kept, he got the radio from the secretary and he's like, oh, she's that's called, right. she's called eight times Hopper. You got to <laughs> deal with her. <laughs> that's right. Okay. Yeah. And then and he's, he's like, all right. And then he gets in there like, oh, this is weird. <laughs> It's it seems like the buyer's house becomes that staple piece for the show where each season just some character is going to come to the house and the house is just going to be in a weird state of affairs. Last season, it was the Christmas lights. Yep. This season is possessed. Will walking around without a shirt on. Um, But they start talking and we get to see a little bit more insight about how Will's reaction to having this monster inside him and what is actually going on with him. And he starts kind of talking about how he can, he has these memories and visions. So he's almost getting like double sight of his own personal memories and visions, but also he's seeing through the eyes of either the monster, the Demogorgons or possibly all of them at this point. We don't really know Um, that I thought was a very interesting ability that he's been able to take on and it kind of connected made me think of uh harry potter a little bit um for those who have seen it where harry potter kind of sees voldemort and what he's been doing because they're connected in the same way very similar to this but hopper's definitely starting to kind of get confused and concerned at this point because i think he's realizing he's not having ptsd anymore like there's something actually wrong with him at this point um but so will starts drawing all these pictures and they realize hopper and joyce are kind of realizing it's a puzzle so they kind of start putting them together i want to say hold on before you get any further i want to say like i know you guys been like at least to my experience on doing this podcast that you guys been pumping hopper's tires of like oh he's like he's being detective work and stuff Joyce is the one who's catching on real quick. Joyce was like, oh, it's a puzzle. Or Joyce one realizing, oh, in the video, that looks like the outline that my son showed me. Like, she has been really, yeah. like, she's been, like, sharp on catching these things. Like, that's that's not right. Or, or catching the, I guess, quote-unquote clues that she sees. And she picks up on things really quickly. So and, that's something I, I definitely want to give her props for that. And I think part of the reason that is is because she is so paranoid and has been the complete helicopter parent over Will for the past year. She knows every little mannerism about him now. So if anything is off, she's going to hone in on that and put all of her effort into figure figure out what the hell it is. So now that like ha- she's she's it's, never it's gotten the creativeness too. The entire time she's been uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, that is very true. But like, but like. They have the composure to keep to keep making that deductions though. Like, for example, we didn't touch on it, um, but the name of the episode, Will the Wise, it yep. comes with it comes with Joyce, you know, realizing Will's not willing to talk. He he's he's getting to his emotions is overcoming him with what he's going through. And then Joyce sees the photo of of the self portrait of Will the Wise that Will has made of himself through his D and D character. He's like, oh, can you draw it for us? And it kind of it clicked in Will. I'm like, oh, I could definitely do that. Like, that's something that I can physically do for you all. And then, um, 
and then it then the, the whole puzzle thing happened but like to have the have the idea of like giving him the the, the different outlet of no here try this instead just try to communicate this way that and, was very smarter her on her end especially because that is a very common um technique used in therapy with children because a lot of times either children are afraid to talk or just don't know how to communicate or just simply vocalize how they feel or what's going on so they usually use pictures to kind of help correlate or kind of get a better idea of what's going on so they know what kind of questions to ask them Mm -hmm. so yeah it's definitely showing how smart joyce is as a person who they show her as just a housewife and just you know a working single mom but she's a lot smarter than people give her credit for yeah um so yeah so hopper gets that realization after kind of joyce leads will into drawing all these pictures and realizing it's vines that he's drawing and we kind of get a connection to the pumpkin patches and everything that's been going on like something's been affecting the whole area and vines definitely relate to what's been going on so hopper kind of picks up on that but at this point i think we should hop over to 11 and Hopper's storyline at this point um if anybody help if anybody has anything else to say about will speak now um i have in the doc here i just want to touch on it because uh in the very beginning of this whole thing uh when the boys were talking and max was on the outside mm-hmm. um they do mention the idea that uh i guess will's quote-unquote power could be true sight um yes which is again if you didn't pick it up it is D reference um and you know it pretty much is the ability to uh see into as justin does make a point you can see into the ethereal plane um, you can see uh, secret doors that are hidden by magic, stuff like that. Um, but it, it's it, it's, and I think it's a very for kids who don't know what's going on with Will at all, um, who's who are making educated guesses. It's a pretty damn good one. And you no, know, the fact that he's kind of is like the flea walking on this ty- on the on the uh, the flea and the acrobat, and he had the flea's walking the tightrope. He's Will's hanging sideways with it and living in both worlds right now. And it's it almost seems as if the party is almost using D and D as like a coping tool for what's been going on because they're able to almost bridge the gap between their fantasy world and what's been going on with them mm-hmm. and their friends. So it's it's definitely a good tool for them to use, and we see them use that a lot. And D and D right now is used more of a reference point, but when you get later on the show, it becomes a much much bigger aspect of the show. One thing I am curious about, though, because they they are leaning as it as a good, uh, I guess, is allegory is the right word for this, like, um, or analogy. I think they, they're very similar. I'm not sure what vocabulary. Metaphor. Analogy. Something. That sounds right. Analogies, right? They're using it as an analogy in between these both these worlds. I'm kind of curious if by them making a bad analogy could slip them up in the future. Um. Could. So like like if you if they think it is something like true sight and it turns out to be something completely different than what they're thinking, then I'm kind of curious how like if they will make a mistake because of that. Um, oh, spoil anything, but th- th- this is yeah. me just I'm trying bringing I'm out. Trying to think if there are any examples to give, but bring out an ether. Not yet, at least I can <laughs> tell. But 
I'm I'm just sputtering here. Yep. All right, so let's go on to eleven and Hoppa. So eleven, we get another kind of repeat of last episode where we just see more tension between eleven and Hopper. This one is much more intense, and we we kind of see a more almost I don't want to say violent, but definitely a much more aggressive Hopper in his parenting style in this episode, and it's no more. Let's try and you know negotiate and work things out. It's just a just full-on screaming match between the two of them. And we even see Eleven kind of go to the dark side a little bit where they're just... She's acting like a teenager with emotional problems that doesn't know how to process it. Hopper's trying to figure out how do I keep my kids safe but also deal with a kid with fucking powers who can easily outpower me at this point, which Eleven definitely proves. You know... And then you get a little bit of a comical moment where Hopper just rips the TV out of the wall and she just fucking loses it and snaps. Cause like the TV at this point is like her, like only social aspect in this cabin. Yeah. Which I don't think Hopper fully uh, understands like either. Like, yeah. yeah. The one, one of the notes uh, I put into my phone was like, Oh, like that that tv is damn important to her since it's it's like her only outlet to the outside world yeah and i i really don't think hopper understood that because he's basically kept her a prisoner for this past year and she has nowhere else to go and all she wants to do is see people especially obviously mike but it's like the tv is the only way where she can physically see people and it's on a tv so hopper definitely pulled a dick move on that one but at the same time, I understand why he did it because he's trying to keep her safe. But then Hopper calls her a brat, throws the book at her. She throws it back using her powers, and then she just... They get into a bit more of a fight, and then all of a sudden she just runs into her room, screams, and just all the windows in the cabin smash. So you definitely see her kind of amplifying her powers a little bit more, too. And I think at that point, Hopper kind of realized, like, I'm in over my head, and he kind of just just leaves. But I was not a fan of Hopper in this episode. I He was a little too aggressive, but he just lost I, his cool. I didn't mind it because, again, like you mentioned, he didn't quite know what he was dealing with. He's never really had to really lay the, put, put the hammer down when it yeah. came to uh, – I don't know if punishment's the right... Yeah, punishment's the right word for this. But you said... You started off, you said uh, violent and scary. Nah, I don't know if I'd go that far. I absolutely would. I absolutely would go that far. Could you imagine? Hopper is used to... He's a big dude. He's used to kind of being able to handle everything that way. And Eleven is something that no one has ever really encountered before. So... Uh, and not to mention a teenager, preteen, either way, not the best at handling their emotions just yet. And, so it's a big wild point. card as to what's going to happen. Not not only is she a teenager, and that's when, you know, obviously hormones kick in and your emotions go through a whole nother roller coaster. But she grew up in basically a prison camp where she was constantly given negative reinforcement for not doing yes. things punishments and, were a completely different type of thing 
and, and they usually involve she, something much worse. And she kind of calls Hopper out on that a little bit too. And it was definitely a little bit more drastic when she was calling him, comparing him to, you know, Dr. Brenner. And even Hopper was taken back at that comment, kind of like, you know, you compare me to that, you know, psychotic son of a bitch. But at the same point, Hopper's physically kept her hostage there for a whole year. And the first time she acts out, he just loses his shit and just screams at her. Like, he has to realize, like, hey, like, this is not the way to get through to 11. Screaming and just taking things away, like, you need to, like, calmly talk to 11 and, under- like, make her understand, like, this is what's going to happen. Tell her exactly what's going on. Tell her, hey, if you get caught, Mike could get killed. Like, you're putting Mike, if he simply switched around and say, you're putting Mike's life in danger and not our lives in danger, that might get through to 11 a little better than just saying, you're being stupid. You're broke. You're breaking our only three rules. You can't even follow our rules because it's, it's a just good like point, but it's also what he's been doing a- apart from the kind of flipping it. Like you just mentioned, it's kind of what he's been doing this whole time. He's kind yeah. of been like, Hey, we need to follow these rules so that we can stay safe. And he's kind of been very calm with her about that. So, so I totally understand his need to uh, turn things up a few notches. Yeah. But um, I, I, but the thing is though, he, the time that he's bought from himself, I'm I'm just using it as a uh, turn of speech, but you can tell, Eleven is very much aware of how long that she has not seen anyone else, and the the consistent the consistency of Hopper staying. Uh, pushing the ball down the road, down the road, or kicking the can down the road, as the figure of speech, um, and then because she's like, "Oh, on day twenty, you said, oh, I can see Mike soon. Day fifty-seven, you said I'll make see Mike soon, and so on and so forth." Like she is getting so frustrated with the same non-answers that he's she's getting from Hopper that as I don't know how old she twelve in this, I don't know, like, um, oh, I wrote this down somewhere. God damn it, I don't know if it was on this but- sheet, but. But still, I like, she, she's... She I think they're 13. Yeah, like 12, 13. They're, I think they're a year older than what the season is. So I think in season one, they were 12. Season two, they're 13. So they're a year older than what the season is number-wise, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, but, but, like, in as an adolescent teenage girl, like, I can see her getting fed up with all these same answers from Hopper and no actual real... To her, no real action that's being done. It's... And it's just... Another thing that's psychologically fucking with her is the fact that every night, I think she's tuning into Mike every single night because remember we saw yeah. Mike, Mike's literally recording and talking to her every single night and he says day such and such. So I think Eleven's yeah. really sitting there counting every single day that she Good hears point. Mike call out to her and she can't go to him or even reach out and talk to him. She can see him, but he can't see her. Mm-hmm. And that's really definitely probably playing a, very heavy psychological toll on her that mm-hmm. Hopper isn't realizing either. But so we yeah, see I didn't, I didn't really like Hopper roll off. Hopper either. No, not at all. Oh yeah, no, I, I didn't. I didn't want to cut you off yet. Yeah, no, because it's like yeah, I, I I didn't feel like he understood like her side of it. Kind of like what all you guys have said. Of, you know, culmination of. Of all that, you know, it's like she didn't have normal childhood. She doesn't really know, you know, societal norms and like 
you know, that, that type of, I guess, growing up. So when it comes to that, you know, it's, it's just like so foreign and he just does not know what to do. That is a good point too, because if you think about it, the biggest physical indicator people know about this so-called, you know, Russian weapon in Hawkins is that it's a kid with a shaved head. She no longer has that shaved head, so she could technically out, go out in public and people would not recognize or think, oh, that's the shaved kid in, from the news everybody's talking about. But she doesn't have any some, any sort of social norms to allow herself to fit in. And I think Hopper realizes that too. Like She's yeah. not... She would stick out if she went out in public and talked to people. So that, that's a good point. Nick. And because it's a small town, it's like everybody knows everybody. So it's like you see yeah, this random that, oh, that's, girl just walking that's about another the streets. It's, too, like, yeah. it's like, oh, that's not <laughs> like that's not so and so's kid. Like, who's that? Yeah, that's a. <laughs> it, it almost makes you think of uh, Rambo. How just some random dudes walking through town, and the cops like, "Hey, this guy doesn't belong in this town," and they just go after him for no reason. <laughs> But this this town, I think, would be the yep. same way. It's just like you see some random girl that you don't know walking through the streets. It's like people are going to start asking questions. Mm-hmm. But so oh, yeah. shortly after that, Hopper leaves, and we see Eleven kind of cleaning up the house and looking around, and she finds all these hidden boxes, and one's labeled Hawkins Lab, and she starts going through it, and lo and behold, she starts seeing pictures of her mother. And Dr. Brenner. So she's all of a sudden cluing in like Hopper's been lying to me. Because in was it last episode, I think. Last episode, uh, yes. Yeah, I was asking about the book and he's yeah. reading the book to her. It's like, oh, do I have a mother? And uh if I remember correctly, Hopper told her that she's gone. Yep. And she, like it's very much like a half truth in a way because like mentally she's kind of gone but at the same time i know hopper uh is trying to protect her and not trying to gain those bonds because again like it's just like another trigger of like oh i don't just want to see mike i want to see my mother yep um so i i kind of get what he's getting at there but again like he's especially he's how making decisions for her at this point that she doesn't realize and the fact all... that um and yeah you're definitely right about that i didn't mean to cut you off there um the he for how long hopper has been with 11 now the fact that he still doesn't get how naive she is of like like emotionally she acts like a teenager but mentally, she still has very – mentally is not the right word, but she still has these very childlike con- conceived notions of actually like, oh, friends don't lie. Like you're literally breaking her trust when you, you realize – when she realizes these things that she, you are lying to her. And no, I understand that you're trying to think of it. It, it isn't her best interest. But at the same time, if you're going to do it. You better cover your tracks and like – like, yep. and at, no, obviously – no, the mother won't. I'm kind of curious how that's going to backfire on him as well. Yeah. So. It, it will definitely lead into uh, 
Mitchell and I's most hated episode of the season. But I won't say anything more on that. <laughs> um, <laughs> so the what next scene, I think, though? was probably the most. Um, I don't know off the top of my head. Hold on. Or is it like don't? Is it like supposed to be a surprise that we don't know? Don't uh, don't don't ruin anything. Just, just keep <laughs> going. I, Nick, I I will text you later for what episode it is. It, it doesn't give Sometimes it away. I'll just like give the like, episode number. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't really get affected by it. It is is chapter seven. I won't say anything about it. Yeah, it it is chapter seven of the season. Cool. cool. But so this next scene is what I was looking forward to talking to Nick and Connor about, because this watching it for the first time has to be one of those like, what the fuck was this about? And that's when Eleven uses her powers to find her mom. And we see her mom still uttering kind of nonsense words. And I wrote them down in case you guys weren't listening to them. But she's saying rainbow, three to the right, right, four to the left, and then 450. What do you guys – and after that, um, her mom actually focuses in on Eleven and recognizes her. Jane. And calls her Jane and then disappears. Yep. What so, the fuck do you guys think was happening? I think... Uh, here, Nick, you go first in this one. Because oh, I know we came up with a bunch of theories last season when we first came across her mom. So uh, call back to those honestly, I don't... <laughs> I don't really know what what that was like i've i've honestly kind of been trying to think about it since but yeah i mean when when i saw it i i the first thing i thought was like i don't know just some sort of code for something but i i personally i I don't know (laughs) well from this is how i interpret it is so since she went to the mk ultra project no, obviously there was, I guess, activities that she would done just like Elle worked on. Like Elle was mm-hmm. trying to figure out what the person was saying from a different room and then spying on Russians and all that fun jazz. And to me, it was definitely, it's probably something, no, if that's what you bring it up now, it's probably going to come up in the future. Um, but it was definitely something where because of the fact that it's either A, that's something that the scientists drove into her brain to for her to memorize or something that she had to. There's another word too. You missed rainbow. That was another I one. I said right? rainbow, motherfucker. Oh, the first one. First word is rainbow. I was looking at the script feed. It was like, oh, in the front. I was, I was reading seeing the numbers and all that. And then the yeah, rainbow. Um, so, yeah. So it was definitely something where like either she was drilled in these wars or something or her herself memorized in kind of like the uh, winter soldier program in the yeah kind kind of it's kind of similar like that where i'm not like not her being a um um sleeper cell but like more so but her being trained in or or that or on the flip side more of a survival mechanism of like marker points of where she is and certain markers that she's at like three right to the right could be no doors or even a turn like a like a security uh safe like there's different things it can be um but obviously something that from her past is ingrained 
And then when she recognized, so obviously she, to me, what I was seeing, she still has these powers because obviously she made eye contact with L. And I think that how it has to tie into it. There might be something in the upside down too that might have these indica indicators of, you know, that could be something in the upside down that could have something that could work. And then I think she died. <laughs> I think she, I think after she saw Jane was her release from this kind of cycle she was in. And then that kind of relief made her pass away. That's my current prediction. So so she pulled a Yoda from Return of the Jedi where Luke finally comes back and she's like, oh, nope, tapping out now. Yep. That's, yeah, that's a <laughs> good way to put it, actually. Yeah, it just, yeah, because uh, well, Yoda's not like exactly, but like more so like, oh. And they both actually disappear in the same way, too. Like <laughs> into the wind. My, my child is alive. I am so grateful to actually see her face. I can move on into the no into the next world. That's how I mean, when I saw when I saw him like she's dead. She's real dead. <laughs> well, actually, to get more specific, is she officially fully brain dead, and there's no sense of self left, or is she physically altogether like body mind dead? Uh, to me, to me, I think she died. Died. That that's how okay. I think she. I think. I think that she's just. No. Again, having that moment, she is out. Okay. Nick, any any theories you want to bring up or Well, I did not get all that. Counter? I can tell you that. Uh <laughs> I'm, I can tell you I'm not on the, I'm not on the same book as Connor. I'm not in the same <laughs> library as Connor. Well, you know what? Uh, let's, let's wind the wheels back I, a little I, bit. Where, where like, is Nick's brain at in this, in this scenario? I mean, scrambled. Like like a, like, like a Walmart egg, honestly. I, mean, I, I did not get all that from watching that scene. Why a Walmart that. egg? So, so I, mean, I so I, I take I it you watched the scene and just, just had the, like, the lower the jaw, this? just like, oh. Okay. No, like it, just, it just was more of like, <laughs> what the fuck is this? Like, I mean, obviously, I'd, I'd see that she's seeing her mother, but, you know, when she's saying the words, you know, you know, 450 and like, you know, three to the left, whatever, I'm like, all right, I'm like, I don't know what what this is in my head i'm thinking oh i'll find out about this later i'm sure but at the moment yeah i got i mean i had no idea clearly with rainbow i mean it should have been indicated to you guys that she's clearly giving coordinates for where lucky charms are located <laughs> in the country they're magically delicious yeah <laughs> uh, didn't even think of that my bad uh, but look you guys have to get theories you just you just weren't on the right track that's all <laughs> well, I'll find yeah. out. I, no. you, we do find out. It could be sooner than you think. It could be later than you think. I won't tell you when, but we do find out what they mean. That way, you're not. That way, it's not in the back of your brain for the rest of the show, wondering, ah, when are we gonna find this shit out? Mm -hmm. You do find out. Um, okay. so that kind of wraps up the eleven storyline. Oh, I, then, I do want to say I want to say one more thing though about Hopper is, um, among the stuff that was down there with the stuff was also all of things from Hopper's past, 
box yeah. that says family. There's a box that says Sarah down there, which I remember is his daughter's name. So Hopper quite literally buries his emotions. Yeah, that was very. That was a very. That's a very metaphorical way to put it. Yeah, that is very yeah. much like it's buried, and he doesn't want anyone to see it. And he just needs a little child to break them out. <laughs> let's let's word it differently, please. Why? What was wrong with that? Uh, Eleven really breaking into the where he has all his emotions stored and taking. I saw them I saw no phrasing issue there, sure. Mister Mind the Gutter. Yeah. I have no clue where you, you were, you know were going what? with that in the first yeah. place. Well, I'll the 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 committee yeah, okay, the so committee you know we're gonna go ahead and revoke that. Yes, the committee therefore shuts Mitchell <laughs> the fuck up. <laughs> if I had a gavel, I'd have, smack it. The, com- the committee doesn't have those powers, unfortunately. <laughs> so, I can boot you. I could do that. <laughs> oh, let's do it. <laughs> it's three against one, and this is a democracy. Uh, and that is anyway. our first Star Wars reference of the episode. Thank you, Nick. You're welcome. Now, second one. We're talking about Yoda. Oh yeah, Actually, wow. that's true. That's yeah, true. I lied. Second, first Kenobi. So let's move on to the love triangle. I know this was definitely oh, a sour no. episode for Mitchell. Hey, this is an important part of the episode. Jonathan and Nancy go on another little love adventure together, and the they get love stuck. adventure. I'm so I'm what? so tired of them and her. <laughs> let's hear it, Nick. Me off. Let's hear it. What did you have wrong? Me what, off. what bothered you about God, their adventure? Yeah, I'll defer to Nick here. <laughs> I'll defer. Nick, Nick, this is your hour. This is your moment. My hour? God. Ah, it's just like every everything I think that she does as far as decision making goes, I get it. <laughs> I'm personally not in her shoes, but it's like if she has options A, B, C, D and E she literally doesn't go with any of them and then just does her own and then just goes rogue <laughs> and then suffers for it later and then cries about it and then the cycle repeats I'm tired of her she needs to just go or do something All useful right. uh-huh. maybe you shouldn't have watched the show about teenagers Jesus no we I were mean, watching a show about stranger here? things Hold on, before you continue, I had to say this because a childhood memory of us just popped my head. <laughs> wow, card <Wait>. bitches! <laughs> <laughs> oh, we sunny. Uh, <sighs> we, I have some always sunny references for you for the next episode because I already started reviewing it. In the case if we did it tonight as well. But you're gonna get some good always sunny references in the next episode, so keep those oh. keep those childhood memories intact. I will, but yeah, that was, <laughs> I, it's just kind of as Nick's like going through, I just pop my head just to see him just kicking the back of the door uh, door I think cut the brake line. Oh. Mitchell, I, I hope you've watched Always Sunny. I have never watched an episode of that show, not like out of like defiance or anything. I just haven't seen it. All right, then we're gonna have to. I'm going to send you a clip after we record so you can understand what we're referring to here. All right. Um, as the most epic wild card character ever known to man in television and movie. And was Char- definitely a, was definitely an inspiration to our, our friend group in high school. It's Charlie Day, by the way, is the All right. actor. Um, but 
Oh yeah, yeah. I know him. Horrible bosses, but, man. But but going back mm-hmm. to more serious things here, I think this was an important episode because as much as you hate on Nancy, she's got a plan, and I still don't know if this was going out the way she wanted it to. I still can't figure it out because she called Barb's parents knowing, hopeful, probably knowing that the government was listening in, but yet is so completely shocked when they're at a park and, oh, Barb's parents aren't there, but, oh, shit, a whole bunch of sketchy people, most likely the government, are watching us. And my favorite one of all those was that creepy lady that was just standing with that other mom and the kids. You want to tell me that that other mom just had this random woman standing there with these groups of kids? Who who just was like, oh, whose kid is yours? And she's just standing there, just not even watching the kids, just staring off into space. That was, uh, that bothered me. That other woman should be ashamed of herself for not being like, oh, stranger danger. Mm -hmm. But they get obviously picked up by these government workers and brought to Dr. Owens and Dr. Owens just gives him the full on tour of Hawkins lab, which I thought was an a s- interesting move. And this definitely starts to show more of a different dynamic between Dr. Brenner and Dr. Owens. Whereas Dr. Brenner was just like, I'm not letting anybody in with the exception of Hopper. And even that was very closed off. This was Dr. Owens basically being, I'm going to be wide open with a couple of teenagers which was definitely a risky move and just no, give, no, give the land no, land. No, no, not risky move. Stupid I actually don't move. think it was risky. You don't think it was risky? No, I don't. Please share. I don't. Yeah. I don't think. Elaborate. It was, I personally don't think it was risky for that specific moment. To me, it was just like a kind of like a, like he, he just whipped it out and like gave him a threat. I was like, you know what's going to happen if you say something, right, guys? And then... That's but he, but he didn't what... have to bring them all the way down to... Now, I, I do see your point, and I think it was a very bold move of him to bring them down to the gate and basically saying, this is the shit we're dealing with. But he didn't have to do that. He could have just kept them in those rooms and just verbally threatened them or just yeah. fucking held them there. He could have held he them there for a couple have. of days. He could have, but I, I guess thinking of it now, I mean, knowing that they're listening in. Well, I mean, I, I don't know if Nancy and Jonathan know that, but the fact that they know the lab that they're listening in, it's like they kind of just, they, they kind of have eyes and ears. So, I mean, yeah. to to make that threat, I don't think is like, so outlandish because i mean it's just it's what they can do they can they can they can afford it but i also think that he knows that they're just going to investigate anyway and i think that by showing them it's going to prevent them from like trying to maybe you know and i I found dr owens's reasoning interesting in the fact that Doctor, at least what he told them, Dr. Owens' main reason for keeping everything quiet is because they're afraid of foreign actors such as big old Russia from finding out about this gate and using it to their advantage against the United States. 
I feel like that should be the least of their worries. Like some random alternate dimension, but I I can't see Russia just listening in saying, oh shit, the United States found some random gate to some alternate dimension. Let's go attack them. Like, I, I feel like that's not something that would just break out into international news. But that just seems to be his main area of concern at this point, and that's why they're trying to maintain it and keep it under the radar for everything. I took it more as like a <clears throat> an ego trip is not the right word. Because the fact like I think he was trying to I'm not I'm not he he's intriguing to me. Like I really can't put a finger on how to describe him because the fact that like he's kind of showing his hand in a way, but at the same time, like, he's trying to make himself look vulnerable at the same time to them saying, hey, I'm doing, I do my part. This is the shit that I'm dealing with. You two already know about this shit in the first place. Yeah. Obviously. No. This is the shit that I'm dealing with. Like, kind of, no. I'm trying to do what's best in the best interest of all of us, like trying to play to their patriotic emotions. Obviously, there isn't any, isn't any. but um, but like it's definitely a weird, weird play by him. Like, yeah, definitely bold. No, and I think that he has a situation where he could even feel like he's he's um infallible in a way where like because he definitely feels very egotistical to me like he yeah. thinks silly about himself like when he's talking when he's talking to hopper it, it kind of gave post the same way where oh this is it like hopper's trying to push the blame like hey this is coming from your lab and it's like oh we're not so sure about that like no are you like are you sure you're correct this looks like funny pictures like he he looks down on them in a different way than brenner does brenner says sees him as threats in, like to what he's doing, I feel like Owen sees them as pests. I also see Doctor Owens as being ignorant to what they're actually dealing with because, in his mind, they're keeping this thing under control, and they think by burning the gate, they're preventing it from spreading. And Hopper is basically slowly figuring out this thing is spreading all throughout Hawkins, and show Doctor Owens this. So I'm curious if Doctor Owens actually thinks that all of these pumpkin patches being you know destroyed if that's connected to the gate or if he's like oh we've got this thing under control it can't be us but thing is like if he was an actual like scientist like he either he already knows about what's happening or on the flip side is that he doesn't want to hear it from someone else he thinks he's a lot who's lesser than him yeah and, and i can i can see it go e either way like hopper you know definitely no, said you're you're dealing with this now because of the fact it's in my town and I've been playing ball with you. If you're not playing ball back, I have dirt on you guys. So, I'm curious on. I am very curious on how the what's uh, what's the way to put it. On how he how he's playing his hand is is he someone who is who is very knowledgeable what's going on? I know he's trying to collect data, but the same or is he more so? I'm looking down you. I don't care what you say. I knew it's right. Yeah. No. And see, doesn't really see them as threats. 
Yeah, that's fair. Now, Nick, in the very beginning of the show, you were very clear in saying that you thought Dr. Owens was a bad guy. Do you still feel that way? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nothing, nothing's altered your, your mindset on him? Nah, here. nothing has altered it at all. He's if anything, his actions have only strengthened it. <laughs> but, hey, I, I could be dead wrong. I fully understand that. But That's all right. To, I, me, to me, his actions only further strengthen my opinion. Okay. So we wrap up this chunk of the story with Jonathan and Nancy basically being released with kind of that understanding with Dr. Owens, like we're all on the same page now. Like you guys can go, but like you got to stop and they get in the car, which magically starts up and Nancy holds up her little, little recording device that we didn't know she had the whole time. And turns out she recorded the entire conversation of Dr. Owens basically completely spilling all all the dirty garbage they had including everything about Barb which definitely is going to uh, make a big impact on that but it goes back to my questions from earlier did Nancy plan for all this to happen and if so why was she so confused when the government was following them that's the part that doesn't play out for me because like when they were in the she park, planned for it to happen, but but she had that recording device on her the entire time. So yeah. like when she called Barb's parents, that gives me more meaning to think that she assumed the government was listening. But when they were at the park and Barb's parents didn't show, she seemed confused that Barb's parents weren't there. But she was definitely looking around. You could tell her, you know, she picked out every government agent very quickly. So I think right. she planned for it to happen, and she was purposely looking for them. But I still she can't says, tell for certain. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I yeah. think she and I think all of us were surprised how much information he gave up. Yeah, and I, I don't think she think it would be that successful. Like I thought she would just know plant a seed somewhere with with some some decent evidence of like, oh, something's going on in this lab. But the fact that he, that she got so much, I think she didn't expect that. She's like, oh, I, as he's, as he's doing his little, um, as uh, most villains do, they have the little monologue as they go throughout. Yes. And as he, he as Wait, he's monologue. evidence to Nick's claim that he is definitely a huge bad guy. Yeah. So as, as he's monologuing, as he's showing off all of, the lab that's going down in the bottom of the research center no to nancy's like oh i just hit gold like i'm gonna this is gonna be really pay off for pay off for my plan and the very end of the scene they they're leaving hawkins so obviously they're probably my guess is that they're meeting up with the um the reporter that bar's parents hired okay so See, and that only strengthens that he's a bad guy because every bad guy monologues. They love exactly, to talk man. about their, exactly. their evil shenanigans. So, you know. So we, we, we shall see what happens with Dr. Owens. But, but here, here's, now... my, here's my other thing about that real quick. Mm -hmm. After Nancy and Jonathan leave, do we see them again for the rest of the episode? I'm trying to like think back on No, it. that's what we left off as them. Nancy Jonathan. Hawkins. Yeah, yeah, like that's the no. last we see of them on that particular episode, right? 
Yes. Yes. Okay. So, like, here's my thing. They they contacted Barb's mom, who answered the phone, correct? Yep. There was no phone call afterwards. Like, nothing of, like, hey, where were you? Oh, hey, we didn't see you at the park. Nothing. Sketchy. Only because I don't think they got explained. They they didn't get home to be able. Because remember, this is back in the wonderful world of just landlines. They never got home yet. They had the call with Barb's parents, went to the park, got picked up by the government agents, were brought to Hawkins' lab, and then we see them leaving Hawkins' lab. The bigger question is, we just the bigger question is, where did Barb's parents go? Did they show up? That's what I mean. That's what I mean. Is like, is like, did they go? Did they? go and not see like that's the part that i'm like maybe we just didn't get there yet but and that's maybe, what I thought. This whole I was time, like, oh. maybe this whole time dr owens has been taking out barb's parents as a cover-up I mean, maybe <laughs> we shall see always surprised me i guess <laughs> but so let's let's shift over to the final sections where we have the party there wasn't really much with them in this episode, surprisingly. Um, the main chunk of their story was Dustin continuously hiding Dart from the party and the rest of the party still looking for Dart. That was the main chunk of their story arc in this episode. And I I find it funny how Dustin became so attached to this random little creature so quickly that he's willing to risk his friendship with his friends over this little all, new just little, his little creature dog Dick. yeah yeah, yeah. No. Shit, i can't get Austin. down with that i i was yeah, i was gonna dude, get to i was on bit, i was a fan of his and then you know that happened i'm like yo you fucking yeah i, I was gonna get to that in a little bit but yeah connor as a fellow cat lady how did you feel with this uh turn of events with with art <laughs> as as you're holding your cat yes um Boo. I, love my, I love my kitty cat like gabby yeah she's she's yeah, currently in my lap um you probably actually probably heard on the you like her earlier, a lot her crying yes she's i had it for what nine years now hell no once like literally once i really like when oh, dustin's mom that first thing like calling for the cat because funny enough uh, what's the cat's name do you remember or no it was uh muse yeah but it's like they call it mew mew that was always her name that she, she was calling for mew mew my yeah, literally we, my we hear a few we hear a few different variations you hear muse musey mew mew but I think it's M E W is the name of the cat. Yeah. So funny enough, my childhood cat growing up was named Meow Meow. So her calling Mew wow. Mew, I'm like, I was like, <laughs> did you name that? <laughs> uh, Be honest now. <laughs> I think it was my mother who named it. The cat, the cat no, was old. It was definitely Connor. The my cat was old. Was <laughs> Connor <laughs> no, no, no lie. The cat, the cat was older than me. So, um, yeah. So. Well, when, when she's calling from Mew Mew, I was like, oh, oh, no, 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 the cat, no. And then, yeah, then you see the things is a little demigorgon. I'm like, oh, they, yeah, didn't, I they did not hold back in the scene either. I, it it made no. me a little, I don't like cats, but I was like, oh, it's like, it really was Mew Mew. eating the cat. Off-screen stuff. It was, here you go, dead. 
And you, you could hear, you could hear him dead. It's, eating. It's being fucking eaten. You could hear him being eaten. They see the blood trail, and he's actually eating the cat. And you're like, oh, poor like, kitty. I didn't need to see that. Like, you could have just shown a tail or something, or like, you didn't have to see the whole thing. That that scene got me a little bit, but also one thing that um, uh, with that Did too, to go after uh, go after them after this episode, or do 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 we What's know? That? Did Peta uh, go after them know. after the, you know, go after them? I don't them know if Peta showed up or not. That's that's oh, definitely okay. something to look into. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm just, you know, just curious. One thing, though, is that we definitely do get confirmation, though, that after this thing eats, it gets bigger. Yes. And. But more importantly, after it ate, it turned around and we see its head and, oh, shit, it's a fucking mini Demogorgon. Yeah. But that really made think, me very mad with Dustin. Yeah, I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. Uh, Dumbass. You're, you're literally raising the enemy. Which which is funny and ironic with how last season, Dustin kept calling Hopper Lando because they thought that he betrayed them. And here he is literally being a Lando Calrissian by harvesting the enemy and basically yeah. <laughs> let his cat die because of it. I thought that was kind of ironic. That's very funny. Just another Star Wars reference in there. Sure, why not? <laughs> can never have too many. I'm sure you can. As long as it's focused around the original trilogy, that's all that matters. Or the prequels, if it's if it's Obi Wan. I like the prequels. We'll uh, we'll get to that down the road. Yeah, we won't we won't get into that tangent as always. <laughs> but again, hey, their their whole group's motto is friends don't lie, and Dustin has done nothing but lie. And bend over backwards to protect Dart. And I Damn still, I, I just don't understand his his reasoning behind doing it. But maybe we'll find out soon. So that kind of wraps up the parties section of it. But the final set of scenes. I think set up a lot of what's about to happen. And this is what I'm saying. It's we're starting to get that peak again in the season where things are about to go down. And we have Mike arrive at the buyer's house and just straight up tell his joyous, like, if, you know, you doing? Will dreaming about the shadow monster. Like he basically straight up tells Joyce, like, I know what's going on with Will. And I was very happy because I know Connor was biggest gripe last season is nobody talks to each other. We're seeing them fix their mistakes from last season. They're finally starting to connect and, you know, say, hey, I know what's going on. Let's try to figure this out. Only person not doing that is Hopper. Hopper is off now doing his own little mini Indiana Jones adventure and finds just a random patch of dirt and just starts digging a hole. And just drops straight in. Looking straight up Indiana Jones, which Mitchell and I talked about a little bit in a couple episodes ago with our movie reference episode. Um, it, Hopper's character is actually kind of designed to be based off of Indiana Jones. And I think that scene definitely amplified that because he's got the hat. He repels in. He's got his little flashlight going on an adventure. Like It definitely looked like Indiana Jones to me. But... Yeah. Hopper's now in the upside down and they do that cool little visual effect with the camera with slowly rotating him upside down to if you Signify. still 
if you still haven't figured out what was going on, we now officially know he's in the upside down. And that ends the episode. So, and I think this definitely, uh, the theory that I had earlier about when it came to like the ecology mm-hmm. of the entities that we're dealing with, like they didn't like heat at all. Um, mm-hmm. And like, it makes sense for them to have tunnels underneath the ground because the fact that if you can't travel during daylight, you know, you need a way to move around the, around the town. And the, obviously it could be a situation where you, as you mentioned earlier, that when it comes to like wildlife, and like uh like fungi and stuff if you deny it's you if you kill off one spot of it and just denying it entry into some area it's just going to spread around of outwards yeah so it's kind of like that same idea like oh it's creating its own um i forget the right the right word it comes to fungus but like it spreads it spreads out its its own little roots and away from where the gate is because it knows the gate isn't safe. So it's making its own outlets into different safer areas. And that's how it's expanding. At least to me, that looks like it's, it's expanding into different ways compared to how they're anticipating. Yeah. That, that, that makes a lot of sense. But, um, so do you guys have any predictions for what's going to happen in the next episode? Because we have Hopper officially in the upside down. We have, Dustin now realizing that he's fucked up and has a mini Demogorgon at home. And Mike has shown up to Joyce to form a new alliance to help figure out Will. The episode title is not very clear for next episode. It's titled Dig Dug, which is one of the video games that Dustin had a high score on in the first episode. That was my Monster Fitter game growing up. Okay. So you already very know fun. very fun, very fun game. I enjoy it. So that is the that title of the episode for next week. So that doesn't really give too much away at all, but Mycorrhizal. That's that's the name of the fungi roots. We never knew that. Um here, Bob. My cat is just crying. Sorry for those in the background. She wants attention. Yeah. <laughs> all right, sorry for all the uh it's not being eaten. And that's not being eaten, people. That's true, she just, she's very needy. You don't you don't have a demigorgon in uh in your place, do you, Connor? I do not. Okay. You you would tell us if you did, right? You yes. Friends, friends don't lie. Friends don't lie. Friends don't lie. That's right. <laughs> well, that's right. Um. Yeah. So I I did make some predictions throughout the at the, our conversation. I forget yes, you did exactly. Um. Yeah. Definitely, Joe Noise. Uh, I just put uh, Nancy and Jonathan, uh, them going to see Barb's investigator. That was one of them. Uh, what was the other one I was talking about? Oh, like the the thing that the tunnels of being like a pathway. So there's a lot of interesting things that are coming up. I, I'm very intrigued to see what goes, and of course the MK Ultra stuff too with the yep. mother. Nick, any big theories, or we kind of cover everything for you? Uh, I think everything, for the most part, is covered. My main prediction really comes, uh, honestly, mainly from Hopper. I just, I think that, you know, like when he leaves, um, 
you know, the buyer's house and he's like, you know, he's drawing vines. Like, I think that's now like his, his primary focus of like discovering what's in the tunnels, what possibly goes through there, uh, how they're connected, what they're connected to. So I think like, do we think Hopper is going to make it out of the upside down alive for the second time? Yeah. Yeah, he yeah. definitely will. Uh, no, hey, no, he, no he, there are plenty of boxes currently in his cabin that he has to go through with L. So, yeah. <laughs> where, does L, yeah. where does L now have to go through Hopper's past without Hopper to explain what everything is? I mean, oh, he's God. too character to to die off right now. <laughs> that's just that's just the the truth. Uh, I think too. Well, with that, I think we move on to our uh, our ratings scores, for, our ratings for the episode. Uh, I'll go first. Um, I'm giving it, uh, I'll give it eight points. I'll give it 8.6. Trending upwards. That was a good one. I liked it. A lot of good things. My cat is being really loud right now. Um, I actually heard that. Yeah, she's just, <laughs> cat lady problems. She's wailing. She does it sometimes when uh, five bucks right now, I bet she's on top of the fridge. She's been doing that a lot lately where she just climbs up the countertop and on top of the fridge itself. No, nah, she's right <laughs> behind you. She's about to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> um, dun, dun, yeah. 8.6. A lot of escalations. Um, <laughs> uh, a lot of escalations. Nancy going rogue and honestly, like, again, trying to carry out her plan. Will getting these extra senses going on. A lot of fun things going on. And I'm, I'm very excited to watch the next episode. Okay. And your Mitchell, ep- Mitchell rating? Oh, uh, we do uh, do it last. We won't do it at the very end. All right. We'll do it now, or I don't know. It doesn't matter. Do it at the end. Okay. Nick. So, so we're doing Mitchell Your rating, sir. Your grade. Your rating first. Just confirming. Okay. Yeah. You. You. Uh, so. Yeah, oh, I know. I'm giving <laughs> mine first. Uh, I, I'd give a bump up from last week, definitely. Uh, I'd give it a, a flat eight. I like I like flat numbers, so uh, I think it definitely, um, you, you know, made made me want to watch the next one from the standpoint of like, oh, I don't think the next one's going to be a filler, but I I can't wait to not see as much of Nancy again. That's 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 what I look forward to every week. I hope I don't see it. So. <laughs> Team anti Nancy. Team anti Nancy. I'm just gonna say you'll. you'll I'm curious. You're gonna be disappointed then, my friend. You're gonna be disappointed. I I know, and I and I am excited to see like, I guess how Hopper changes his, uh, I guess tactics. We'll call it to to parent eleven. Um, so yeah. So other than that, for many for many of the reasons that, um. That Connor said I'd, I'd give it an eight, and I also like the fact that Will's got, uh, you know, how he's kind of possessed. He's got some, some, some spidey sense in him. Oh, good reference, spidey sense. I like that. So I'm gonna give it a eight point five. Big job. Definitely one of my more favorite episodes. It's not. Itself, I like to build up episodes, especially how it ends off. Like a lot of shit's happening, you want to know what happens next. That's that's what I look forward to an episode. The Nancy aspect of it, yeah, it just wasn't. 
wasn't the strongest point, but I think the evolution of what's going on with Will is definitely what's intriguing me with this season, or it's definitely the more enjoyable part to watch in this season because we're dealing with possession of a monster from another dimension. So this definitely gave us a lot of insight and creepy. Will was definitely fun to watch. So 8.5 is what I'm sticking with. All right. And then uh, my prediction for Mitchell, uh, I think he goes, I think Mitchell goes at 8.21. Okay. Nick. Damn. See, I have to change mine now. Cause like, I, well, think I guess <laughs> I was going to go with like an 8.4. So that's like too close. Not too close. Uh, price right. This is price of right rules. Those yeah. Yeah. Hey, let, let him think. Let him think. Uh, yeah, yeah, fuck it. I'll just 8.44. Just leave it at that. Tomas? Let's go. Tomas Nito. <laughs> Let's do a 7. Every time you say Tomas, it's what I think of. All right. All right. So Mitchell, the time has real. come. The time has come. Connor, you're cheating. You got an eight point two one in here. <laughs> no way! Wow. Yes, like let's it. go. Wow. This is... wow. You've done this leaving. before, and I'm out of here. I, my, my... I feel like you, Connor. Do you I... have the ability of true sight? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Are you seeing through Mitchell's eyes right now? My thing is, do you have cameras set up uh, somewhere? <laughs> go play Powerball. Yeah, go play Powerball. Eight. But to give to give my to give my uh kind of like why I gave that grade, uh you know, this this definitely ramped up the tension and we're getting back on track here. That's good to see. But we're not quite to where we were, but we're also not in the depths of hell that we've been in. So nice to be back. Yeah. So with that, we're gonna look forward to episode dig dug next week so let's Ooh. let's wrap this bad boy up all right um follow us on our socials uh stranger nerds on instagram twitter and all the other socials um i just recently got a blue sky notification so hopefully that will be opening up soon as well so Ooh. yeah who knows i did well i've been the waiting list for like three months and then finally that i got an email like oh you can sign up now so we'll find out but until next time, was for episode five of season two of Dig Dug. Have a good one.